You're listening to the Paragon Church Sermon from Sunday, November 10th. Paragon Church's 500th Sunday, celebrating all God has done, is doing, and will continue to do. It's a good day to be here at Paragon, and I hope that, uh, that you feel the same way. I hope that you're excited about what God is doing. I hope you're excited about what God has done. And I want to thank you for making this a part of your weekend. I want to thank you uh, that as we celebrate today, today we get to recognize all that God has done at Paragon, all that God is doing in Paragon, and all God will continue to do through Paragon as the future continues to move. And this celebration falls right in the middle of a ton of other celebrations that, that we are having. Just a few weeks ago, we got to celebrate seven lives changed through baptism, see the next steps taken. We got to celebrate that. It's a big deal. We got to rent out the pool and just have a great time and just praise God for what he's doing. Just on Friday, a personal celebration, we got to celebrate year four, Gotcha Day, because two of our little ones who came home from China, uh, we got them four years ago. As a matter of fact, four years ago right now, we were hanging out in China waiting to come home. It's just mind-blowing to think that, but we get to celebrate what God is doing in that. We get to celebrate, you know, this month as being National Adoption Month. I'm not sure if you're aware of that. It seems like everything has a month or a day, but this is National Adoption Month. And not just is this National Adoption Month, today is actually Orphan Sunday, where they, they come together to to challenge people to stand up for the fatherless and be a part of their lives and what an important day that is to celebrate as well then when you really stop we can look and say today is also veterans day weekend and we celebrate the lives of those who gave who sacrificed as well as their families who gave and sacrificed we celebrate that today and then i'm not sure if you're aware of this but 18 days from now you're going to be sitting around celebrating and giving thanks And 45 days from now, you're going to be sitting around and celebrating all that God has done through giving us his son, Jesus. And we celebrate his birth as a human being. We celebrate Thanksgiving. We celebrate Christmas. And if you have email or if you watch any TV whatsoever, they're already celebrating Christmas way in advance. Okay, I've been getting emails for Black Friday already. And I just couldn't believe it. I I told Christy, I said, I feel bad because I can't get my wanter under control all these deals out there i just got to partake in of course i watched these commercials and i saw one yesterday while i was watching some football and it was about a guy who had bought he and his wife two brand new gmcs i'm like what kind of money do people have that was my first question that i had uh in it all that hey i I bought you bought me a nice watch but i bought you a car i bought myself a car how about that happy birthday jesus Uh, but the, the thing is is we look at that even next week next week we get to celebrate communion And what Jesus has done. We are right smack dab in the middle of celebrating. And it is a time to celebrate. It is a time to give glory to God. But I want to ask you a question. When was the last time that you took time to really celebrate? When was the last time that you took time to really focus, get people together, have food, have a celebration, praising God for something that he has done? And it could be something small, sport team-wise. I don't really care what it is. But when was the last time that you took time to celebrate and give glory to God for what he has done in your life? Isn't that the point of a celebration anyway? To, To really focus on a moment that God has ordained for you to be able to lift up? Because we celebrate what we care about. 
We celebrate what we care about. What is it that you care about? And how many times have you come together to say, yes, God, we're going to give you the praise, and we celebrate. How long has it been since your last celebration? The thing is, I look at, and I talk to people, and we live kind of that same life of that video that you saw up there. Even in the midst of celebration, we're busy doing something else. Even in the midst of celebrating a birthday because God has blessed you with that child or, or blessed your friends with a friend who was born on that day, whatever it might be, and you sit and you just mess around on your phone the whole time. And we miss it. And we miss it because a lot of times stopping our regular schedule to focus on something different is difficult. It's difficult. It almost feels like we're doing something wrong. And for some, it might just seem like it's a waste of time. There's so many other things I could be doing. But did you know that God actually commands us to celebrate? That God actually commands us to rejoice? And that's actually even different than worship. He commands us. One of the spiritual disciplines is celebration. We are supposed to celebrate. If you start to look throughout Scripture, you will see verse after verse after verse that tells us to rejoice. To, to celebrate who God is and what he has done. As a matter of fact, I'm just going to read a couple of them for you. First Chronicles 16.34 says this. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. Psalm 34.8. Taste and see that the Lord is good. How happy is a person who takes refuge in him. Philippians 4.4. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I will say it. Rejoice. And I'm not sure if you see a little exclamation point there. That's not, hey, we need to rejoice. It's rejoice. We need to rejoice in that. Colossians 1, 11 through 14. Being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you might have great endurance and patience, joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has enabled you to share in the saints' inheritance in the light. He has rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of the Son that He loves. In Him we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. That is what we celebrate. That is what we celebrate today. That is what we celebrate every morning when we wake up. Every morning of every day and every moment of every day. We celebrate the fact that we've been taken from darkness into light. And I'll tell you my favorite life verse, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16, 17, and 18. It says, rejoice always. Pray constantly. Give thanks in every circumstance, in everything. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. That's what he wants. He's commanding us to do it, to rejoice, to celebrate what God has done. To celebrate what he has done. In the Old Testament, man, I was looking through what to talk about celebration-wise, do you realize how many celebrations the Old Testament was commanded to have? I mean, they have seven big days, but they had things that were days long, they had things that were weeks long, they had these giant celebrations, all to focus on who God is. That's the reason why he gave us the Sabbath. That's the reason why a few months ago, we talked about how important it is to actually follow the Sabbath. That God has given us a day to rest and to refocus ourselves on Him and His goodness and His faithfulness and His love. We celebrate that. We stop and we celebrate the goodness of God. That's why we walk in here on Sundays. I hope that today you came in ready to celebrate the goodness of God of what He's done for you in this last week and what He's going to prepare your hearts and minds to do this next week as you walk back into a world that does not celebrate God. That does not give God the glory. That does not lift him up and say, thank you, God, for what you've done. 
So what I really want to do today is I want to talk about the whys and the hows of celebrating, because I think sometimes we get lost in that. We forget even why we do it, and even more so how to do it. So I've already given you lots of different verses, but if you have your Bibles with you today, I would love for you to open up to Psalm 100. Psalm 100, we're going to read the entire thing, all five verses, and it's going to break down a very simple how and why to what we do and why we rejoice. Psalm 100, starting in verse 1, reading through verse 5. I'll be reading from the Christian Standard Bible. It says these words. Let the whole earth shout triumphantly to the Lord. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Acknowledge that the Lord is God. He made us and we are his. His people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. And his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good. And his faithful love endures forever. His faithfulness through all generations. When we look at this psalm, it breaks down the why and it breaks down the how. So let's first take a look at the why we celebrate. And if we look first at verse 3, it gives us a very clear set of words. And it says this, we are his. We are his. That is why we celebrate. We are his. We have identity in Christ Jesus. If you have given your life to Jesus, you are no longer your own. If you've given your life to Jesus, you are no longer defined by your past. If you've given your life to Jesus, you have been made new. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says these words. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away and see the new has come. We are his. We are no longer old. We are new. And the even better thing, if you go to the book of Ephesians, the entire first chapter talks about the identity that we have in Christ and the blessings that we have in it all. In verse 1, God calls us holy. In verse 3, he calls us blessed. In verse 4, chosen in love. Verse 5, predestined, adopted, sons and daughters of the one true king. In in verse 7, redeemed and forgiven. Verse 8, his grace has been poured out on us. In verse 10, united with Christ. In verse 11, in line for an inheritance, a holy, heavenly inheritance. In verse 13, sealed with the Spirit. Guys, we are His, and that's why we celebrate. Our identity is found in Him. How excited are you about that this morning? Thank you. I'm excited. I hope that you can get excited about that. And I hope we don't miss it. I hope we don't just go through life knowing that we're his, but not really living like it. Not really excited that we've been made new. We are his. And that gives us every reason to celebrate every moment of every day, especially on Sundays with our adopted brothers and sisters. That is why we gather together. That's probably the reason that drives me most crazy. When I see people just kind of walk in ho-hum, like this is just another thing that we do. Sipping their beverage, playing on their phone, whatever things might be happening, just kind of, that, that's just, we're here. No, 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 we're, we're not cats. We don't approach God and put our butts in his face and wag our tail and walk away as if we kind of like, well, we might just do that. We're dogs, unconditionally, faithfully loyal. We love unconditionally. Have you ever noticed the difference between cats and dogs? That's why I'm a dog person, okay? Because dogs are good and cats are not, okay? Uh, The the, the reality that we see here is that picture of the Sistine Chapel where where you see God stretching and reaching and man's hands just kind of limp. You know, that, that that is what we do too often. 
when we come to celebrate that we are his and we're like, meh. You can't have a meh attitude when you walk into worship. You can't have a meh attitude when you're coming to celebrate. Nobody wants a meh person at their birthday party. And guess what? That's what we're celebrating today. So can I challenge you today not to be meh? We celebrate because of who we are, but we celebrate even more so because of whose we are. Because of whose we are. See, God, if you look at verse 5, it says the Lord is good. He is faithful, and his faithful love endures forever. His faithfulness through all generations. God is good, and God is faithful. And we celebrate God's goodness. We celebrate God's goodness today. Think back in your life to the goodness of God in your life. And my guess is you don't have to think back very far, because how many of you guys woke up this morning? All right, that's the goodness of God. The goodness of God said you got to wake up, and when you went into the bathroom, you turned on the faucet, and water came out of it. That is the goodness of God. And you washed yourself, hopefully. You brushed your teeth, hopefully even more. Those are all things that are goodness of God. And your neighbor says amen if you brushed your teeth. You know, the, the thing is, is we look at that, we miss the goodness of God because we're so focused on everything else, we forget the little things. I mean, how many of you guys have a little dollar in your wallet? How many of you guys, if you don't have at least an ATM card, you can go get a dollar out somewhere along the way? That is the goodness of God. We forget that. But we celebrate that goodness today. And let's be very honest, the most amazing goodness that we have, we've already talked about. It is found in his son, Jesus. It is called the gospel. The good news of the gospel. That is what we celebrate. The gospel is the most important thing that we celebrate here at Paragon. The most important thing, and hopefully, is also the most important thing that is celebrated in the lives of the people that make up Paragon. The gospel, the good news, the good news of Jesus Christ. Paul breaks it down very simply for us in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 through 4. As he's challenging people to remember who they are and whose they are. He says this, Now I want to make it clear for you, brothers and sisters, the gospel I preached to you, which you received, on which you have taken your stand, and by which you are being saved, if you hold on to the message I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I pass on to you as most important. What I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried and he was raised again on the third day according to the scriptures. See, Paul, he cared about the gospel. And he cared about people knowing and understanding the gospel. Here at Paragon, we celebrate what we care about. I believe that truly inside that everybody does that. And we care about the gospel and we care about the people who have never heard it. We care about the people who have never seen it. We care about the people who have never experienced it. And we care about those who have. We care, and therefore we celebrate it. And as I look around at this, at this faith family, as I, as I look around the faces, I, I, I see passion. I see a passion for who God is and what God is doing and how God is working in your life. I see that passion. And we have so many great things going on right here at our church. As I, as I see us reaching out to the community and being a part of the community and growing in community together as a faith family, I, I see these things. I see us sharing the good news of God's love. But the truth is, that's not necessarily a reflection of what takes place in our country, and even what takes place in the church, the global church. See, if you pay attention to any of the stats like I do, everything tells me that the American church is on the decline. It tells me that, that one out of every five adults says, I want no religious affiliation. And one out of every three adults under the age of 30 
wants no re- religious affiliation. As a matter of fact, they don't just say, I don't want anything to do with religion. I don't like it because it is adverse, was the word they used. It is against everything that I hold to, everything that it should be. 46 million people in our country consider themselves a nun. No religious affiliation. These people who, who fall into this category, the reason why they want to be unaffiliated is this is what they said. The churches are far too concerned with money and power and rules and politics instead of the love of the gospel. That, that, that's where churches tend to fall. And of course, the thing is, is those things, the money and the power and, and the politics and, and all of the rules, that's not the gospel. The gospel is God's grace and mercy and reconciling love for humankind through his son, Jesus. That is what we celebrate. We celebrate what we care about. Maybe you've walked into a church that's too much about the rules. Excuse me, too much about the rules. And and, in being too much about the rules, that's all they talk about on Sunday mornings. Or they're too much about politics, and that's all they talk about on Sunday morning. Or too much about the money, and that's all they talk about on Sunday morning. They're celebrating that because that's what they care about. Can I tell you that we care about the gospel, and we want people to know it? And as we do it, it's going to have a far-reaching effect in that 46 million people. Because everything we do has an effect on the people around us. It will have a ripple effect. You know, 10 years ago almost, 501 Sundays ago, we started on April 4th, 2010, as a church. And when we started that Easter Sunday... We celebrated the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus, and we celebrated the birth of a church. And everything in statistically was against us. I've told you this before, but only one in every five churches makes it past year number five. We're, what, 21 weeks away from year 10? Pretty exciting stuff. Pretty exciting stuff. And we give God the glory for it. It's nothing that I've done. If if it were because of me, man, This would be a terrible church because I'm just not that great of a leader. But God is good, and he uses people like me. If he used a donkey to talk to Balaam, I I think he can use me to talk to you, right? And so so the the reality we see is that God has been good in all of this. In those almost 10 years, we've seen well over 100 people baptized. We've seen well over 80 salvations. We've seen multiple mission trips. We've seen multiple community events to show Jesus and the love to people who need him. We've seen so many different things. You know, one of the things that I celebrate the most is that we have volunteers and staff for every Sunday morning. Sometimes it's a little touch and go. But we have volunteers and staff for every Sunday morning to fill the needs, to to reach out. And you know, the greatest thing that I celebrate, and that's because it's it's a personal thing for me, is there has been a culture shift in our church over the last 10 years to be more accepting and more willing to work with Adoptive families and children of special needs. Not every church is like us. You know, I love singing songs in the morning. And one of the things I love most during the first service is my little buddy, Charlie, who's right down here generally. He was back in the back room today. I'm like, oh, no, you need to come out. We're singing some fun songs. And he dances and he's like, hi, every time. He's just so excited to see everybody. I wish we all had that enthusiasm. I'm okay with dancing, guys. I know I'm Southern Baptist, and if you don't want to move your hips and just want to do the upper body, that's fine. I get that. that that's understandable. A couple weeks ago, we were clapping during one of the songs, and then we started singing. Everybody stopped. I was like, ah, so close. 
so close. It, it's okay to celebrate. It's okay to say, God, you are so very good. Your goodness needs to be celebrated. It needs to be celebrated today. We also celebrate God's faithfulness. Last week, we talked about Gomer and Hosea. Actually, my neighbor came to the second service last week, and I was going to get the mail, uh, and she's like, hey, Gomer, that's probably not what I want to hear yelling across the neighborhood, but it's all good. It's all good, because I said, you know, I am Gomer. I I am the one who is unfaithful to God. I'm the one who's chasing after all of these other things, and in his faithfulness, he still pursues me, and he still loves me, and he still wants me. God's faithfulness, we celebrate that even though we're unfaithful to him you know his faithfulness provide people his faithfulness provide resources his faithfulness provide funds to do the things that see over a hundred baptisms well over 80 salvations to see mission church saints all of these things happen because of god's faithfulness and you know there's been some times that we're touch and go along the way there's been some times that we, we literally looked at the bank account and there was three figures in there and that did not include the decimal point. We looked at it and went, I don't know if we're going to do this. But God continuing to be faithful, continuing to guide us, continuing to direct us. You know, he, he has really brought us along. And I use that word touch and go, which sometimes can sound like a discouragement. But when I'm in my lowest time, when, when church on a Sunday afternoon is one of those things that I'm just like, oh, I don't know. I'm going to go sell hot dogs at Sam's Club tomorrow. That, that's my new job. Because I don't have to talk to anybody. I don't have to worry about smiling. I can just hear, hear. You know, that, that's all I have to do. But in that discouragement, you know what God does? He always points back to the past and says, look where I've been faithful. And then he points ahead to the future and says, this is where I'm going to be faithful. And we see it and we get to experience it. We get to experience who God is. He is faithful and we celebrate that. That's just a few reasons that we find on the why. Let's take a look at the how. How do we celebrate? Verse 2, serve the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Serve the Lord with gladness. What is this verse telling us about how? He says, come with your attitudes in check. Come with your attitude towards serving the Lord with gladness. Do you guys know what the opposite of gladness is? I had to look it up. The opposite of gladness is unhappiness, misery, and discontent. Anybody in here walk in with gladness? Anybody in here walk in with misery, unhappiness, and discontent? He says, serve the Lord with gladness. Come before me with gladness. Come and sing with gladness. How many of us came into the room with gladness? How many of us give our time and serve with gladness? How many of us give of our finances and serve with gladness? How many of us give of our talents? Guess what? We need to. We may not, but we need to. That's how we need to come. That's how we celebrate. Think about all the things that God has done for you. Think about all the things that God has done for you. And then can I ask you this next question? Hey, Samuel, we're celebrating here today. All right. Think about all the things that God has done for you in this. And then I want to shift and make you think about it this way. How could you not come glad? How can you not come glad? Even if your life is in the absolute toilet right now. You still have Jesus. How could you not be glad? How could we not celebrate that? And then when we look, we move from our attitude, it comes to our actions. It says in verse 4, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name. Enter, praise, give thanks, bless his name. Our words, our body language, our actions, our focus, our everything shifts when we come to him. And then if you go back up to verse number two, 
just come before him with joyful songs. That means singing too. Singing too. We're, we're coming to him with his gladness. We're coming to him to celebrate. We're coming to him to be excited. And in our songs, how many of us in this time this morning stood like this? Even though it was, God, you've done great things. God, you're our cornerstone. Christ alone, a solid rock. I stand on Christ alone. That's, that's where I'm at. Not all, everything else is sinking sand. How can you not be excited about singing those words? Well, I don't particularly like those songs. Well, that's okay because we're not singing them to you. We're singing them to God. It's his name that's in the songs. So we need to hold on to that. And we need to remember that as we lift him up and praise him. You might be thinking, well, you know what? My life doesn't have much to celebrate. My life doesn't have much to celebrate with. I don't see anything in my life worth celebrating. I don't have an attitude worth celebrating. I don't have these things. What can I celebrate? Well, obviously, gospel being the first importance. But the second thing, celebrate the wins in your life. Celebrate the wins in your life. Celebrate who God is and what he's done. And when I say the wins, I'm not talking about monster, huge things that have happened, those next steps that we've talked about. I'm talking about the small next steps as well. Just, just the little things you see changing in your life. You know, something we try and do at church every Sunday. We try and make a big deal on Sunday because honestly, every Sunday in the church is Christmas, Easter, Independence Day, Thanksgiving. Every Sunday in the church is because when you really think about it, we're celebrating the birth. We're celebrating the life, the death, the burial, the resurrection. We're celebrating the, the giving of thanks because of those things and because we have independence. That's what we're supposed to celebrate every day. And we want to make a big deal out of it. We want to make a big deal out of it. And that's why we celebrate child dedication. That's why we celebrate baptism and make a big deal out of them. And not just have it be just a little tiny part of the service. We focus an entire time on it. It's the reason why when we come to communion next week that we make an entire thing. It's not just something we do at the end of the service or gets tagged into it. It is the focus that Jesus came, he lived, he died, and he rose again for you and for me. It's why we make a big deal out of community events. It's why we make a big deal out of just life change in general. As a matter of fact, the, the women's event that's coming up on Saturday is going to have a testimony time. As we hear from women whose lives have been changed and we will celebrate that. And that's the reason why we're doing it. To celebrate what has taken place. So ladies, if you have not signed up for it, please talk to Kathy. Because it's going to be a big deal. And you say, well, how do I do that? How do I celebrate these wins? How do we celebrate the victories in our faith journey? These next steps, whatever they look like. Well, I I wrote down four words. I I wrote down the ideas of see, respond, relate, and celebrate. See, respond, relate, and celebrate. Here's a good thing to do. How many of you can say that you, since becoming a Christian, see the world differently? I hope and pray you say, yes, I have. Because God is going to change you from the inside out. Now, it's not going to be a snap of the fingers and everything's just going to happen. But you're going to begin to see God and see the world in a different way. As a matter of fact, Philippians chapter 4, 4, I read for you when it says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Well, Philippians 4, 8, there's a few verses later, says, This is what you need to do. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, lovely, commendable, if there's any moral excellence, if there's anything praiseworthy, dwell on these things. You know what the regular world does not do that we focus too much on the negative instead he said i want you to shift your mindset if your mindset is shifted you can celebrate that victory because that is not our natural behavior 
The second thing I put was respond. How do you respond to things? See, when Jesus comes into our life, we begin to respond as peace grows inside of us, as grace grows inside of us, as kindness grows inside of us. And, and we begin to see and respond differently. And the funny thing is, is you well, I, I'm not perfect to that. Well, neither was Paul. And Paul was a pretty, pretty impressive dude since he wrote like a good portion of the New Testament. But he says this in Philippians chapter 3, verse 12. He says, not that I've already reached the goal or I'm already perfect, but I make every effort to take hold of it because I have been taken hold of by Christ. He responds differently. He understands that he's in a growing process. What about your prayer time? What about your quiet time? What about you being involved and digging deeper in the world? How are you relating to God differently? Is that a growth? If it is, celebrate it. Celebrate these things. Now, here's the crazy thing. As we celebrate it, I already told you, it's going to have a far-reaching effect on other people. And, and for some reason, these aren't things that are happening in your life. It's not hard to take those little steps. It's not hard to get a prayer time. It's not hard to be involved in the Word. It's not hard to respond differently. It's not hard to see things differently. We just have to ask God and, and follow Him in that. And then we can begin to celebrate those things. I'm so thankful that today we can celebrate what God has done. I'm so thankful that today we get to celebrate what God is doing, and I'm so thankful today we get to see what God is going to do next in each of us and as a church. I'm just going to tell you a couple little things with Christmas around the corner. We're going to do something different this year. We've done Operation Christmas Child before. We've actually done where we put together giant Christmas presents and sent them down to an orphanage down in Juarez. This year we're going to do something a little bit different, though. We're going to stay local on this one. And what we're going to do is every school has what's called a giving tree. The elementary, middle, middle, and high schools have a giving tree. And the giving tree is, is for families who cannot provide gifts for themselves. We're going to come alongside some elementary, some middle, and some high schools to provide gifts for this giving tree, to reach out to our local community to say, Jesus loves you. As we celebrate his birthday, here is a gift from him, his church, to you, and there's a bigger gift that's coming through his son, Jesus Christ. Through salvation that is found there. So get excited about that. I'm already excited. I'm looking forward to what's going to happen next in that. In 21 weeks, we're going to celebrate 10 years. And it's going to be bigger than just a couple of cupcakes out in the foyer. Okay? Just to let you guys know that. And if you're a party planner, which I am not, come and talk to me. I will give you full range. So in 21 weeks from now, you're like, bam, here it is. And we're going to have a lot of fun with that. So be ready for that. Next summer, we're already talking about two different mission trips. We're talking about one to go down to the, the Mexico and do some construction projects. We're also talking about one that's going to go to Cambodia and Vietnam. So, so are these things that, that you can celebrate and possibly be a part of? There's going to be details coming with those. But I'm excited. Today we celebrate. We celebrate the goodness of God. We celebrate the faithfulness of God. We celebrate the gospel of Christ. We celebrate with our attitude. We celebrate with our actions. And really, we celebrate with our lives. We celebrate what God has done what he is doing, and what he is going to do. And I just thank you today for being here and celebrating with us. I'm going to close up in prayer, and as I do, I have one thing. Maybe you can't quite celebrate that new identity because you don't know Jesus Christ. You don't know the life change that he's brought into my life or the person that is sitting next to you. You don't know those things. Can I challenge you today to meet him? to begin to celebrate, and we will absolutely celebrate with you as you take that step towards salvation, towards Jesus Christ. Can I challenge you in that? Let's pray together. Father, thank you again for who you are. 
And thank you again for what you continue to do and how you continue to work in our lives and the way you continue to, to direct us and make us more of who you want us to be. How you're taking those small steps to change the way that we see and change the way that we respond and change the way that, that we react and we interact with you as well as the way that we celebrate. That God, we woke up this morning and we're grateful for breath in our lungs that we can praise you with them. That we can lift up your name and we can praise who you are, what you've done, what you continue to do, your goodness, your faithfulness, your love. God, may that be what comes off our lips. May that be shown what's in our lifestyle. And like I said already, if there's anybody in here, God, that, that, that doesn't know that already, that doesn't, hasn't experienced you in such a way that they can meet you as their personal Savior, I pray today is the day that we can celebrate and say, God, you brought one more from darkness into light. I pray this all in your name, Lord. Amen.